fast-forwarding into 2008, and this is the part where little old me joins the fold. And they've talked about the dance-off earlier in the episode. We talked about coming in with a jumper, and we talked about eventually you and I becoming friends. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for joining us here. Hi, uh, everybody. Yeah. So I, I do that Undertaker match, and it was shortly thereafter that we did... I think it was a two stint show we were talking just before we started recording at the beginning and we were trying to work out whether it was a friday saturday or saturday sunday but it was definitely a show before that and it may have been i think i had to take a match that same show but later on in the night i'd come back out as myself to manage blaze and fury the rogues against pirates and ninjas are totally awesome which was Pirate Burns and Ninja Fury. Fury. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they had a match, and it was an awesome tag team match. But then, the, I think it was the Sunday, we went up to Wynnum, and we had the the cameras set up there. We had a, I think we had a wheel. I'm not sure if every match was a wheel, but there was, I think a couple of them were, were from wheel. Yeah, wheel of fate. Yeah, I think it was for like maybe a, uh, like a battle royal or something. It was a, Wheel Battle Royal, something like that. Anyway, you were telling me just before that uh, there was a a, uh, a spot that I did on um, Pirate Burns that I don't remember. I remember the conversation backstage because I was still getting to know, like you and I were sort of on the, like we were, we were talking, but we weren't like, you know, call you up, be friends like yeah. we are now. And I was still getting to know Matt. Scorn was kind of associated with you fully at that point and anything that you laughed at, he laughed at. Yeah. Um, kind of knew Brandy Alexander and Bella, but I wasn't like really into it, like into being their friends at that point. Like I still was trying to break the ice with those guys. But yeah, Blaze Fury were obviously my friends. You were starting to become a friend. And then I remember a conversation being like, Hey, you should go out there and pirate the pirate. Do you, do you remember this? Yeah, the the pirate the pirate. Well, getting someone to pirate is a kick in the shins. Yeah. And a poke in the eye, causing them to hold their leg, hold their eye. And <laughs> yeah. hop around going, ah, ah. Mm. <laughs> we said, you should do this to the pirate. The pirate burns. And you, oh, I don't know, maybe. And it's funny, we, me and Matt convinced you to do it. It'll be funny. Yep. So, we, yep, cool. And we worked. Now the idea worked out. The spot you're going to do it, this is going to be sweet. And it was good. The best idea was the fact you did it right where the camera was pointing. So we've got a clear view of this. Always got an eye for that and camera. We're, we're, we're backstage looking at the camera and Pirate Burns was beaten on, I think it was Blaze, yep. actually. Uh, he's he done it dirty, beaten on Blaze, and you've come running up behind him and you gave him like a, a smack on the back like a forearm to the back, and he just turned around and basically did the whole thing of arms out. What are you going to do, little man? Yeah. And you kicked him in the shin and you <laughs> poked him in the eye. And, and as I said, backstage, me, I'm sitting there and I'm laughing and Sweet Ash just goes, he just pirated the pirate. <laughs> and we watch you then duck under the ring. Mm. And then the pirate burns is selling what you've done and he sort of stops selling and looks around because you disappeared. Yep. And... I don't know if you'd planned it or it'd just be that's awesome timing. You popped back out when his back was turned and you waited and you stood there and he's turned around and the moment you turned around, you kicked him in the shin again and you poked him in the eye again. <laughs> and he ran off. And he just, he, he's doing the same thing, selling the poke in the eye, doing the, the pirates, doing another pirate. Yeah. And I remember telling the sweet house, he goes, he double pirated the pirate. This is awesome. And... Hawks, Pete's just sitting there, and he went, "That's stupid." Yeah. And I said, "Yes," and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Matt were pissing us and laughing, going, "This, that's gold." I, I so I don't even know if we've got a footage of it or anything. I don't know. So we were, we were, me and Matt were fucking hysterics, <laughs> laughing our ass off about this double pirate in the pyre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when when everything's come back and I think Pirate Burns goes his head was that was awesome <laughs> no one's ever done that before oh man and, and I think yours was, uh, was uh, I didn't know if I fucked it up so I thought I'd do the spot again yeah <laughs> yeah no I do remember that story now yeah yeah it was a suggestion from you guys of being like hey you, you should pirate the pirate and I thought that 
Pirate Burns would get offended if I suggested it because I didn't have the experience or the the downright goal to sort of suggest spots to veterans and that's sort of against the grain. But when it was overheard and when it was, I think I think Pirate Burns even said to me at one point, he said, oh, does your, because he was looking at Blazing Fury and they were obviously working out their match and he goes, oh, does your, do you do anything? Do your, does your mate get involved? And I said, oh, sometimes. And he's like, well, if I chase after you, do you want to do something? Mm. And that's when I'm like, uh, can I pirate you? And he goes, what's pirating? And I went, oh, I'm going to kick you in the shin and poke you in the eye. And, he's, and he just looked at Ninja Fury. And Ninja Fury, I think his wrestling name now is Liam Fury. He was always super cool. Not to say that yeah. Pirate Burns was mean to me, but mm. he was like, click straight away. And he was like, dude, that's... And like, even he in his ninja mask was sitting there like vibrating. <laughs> and I'm like, what's wrong with him? And he's like, he's laughing in there. And he's like, that's fucking... You know, all he heard was... <laughs> it was like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> and you're like, what and the, the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just vibrating on the spot like one of those like dancing Santas or something. And um, he's like, yeah, that's great, man. So I did it once. Yeah. And it... So, like, one, I think I think the reason I did it twice, sort of look vaguely remembering now... I remember the people I did in front of the first time reacted, but I think I vaguely remember hearing on the other side of the of of the building. Not that it was a big building, but just the other side. Someone being like, "Why are they laughing? What did he do?" And I went, oh, "Okay, cool. Well, they obviously didn't see it." Mm. So I crawled under the ring, and it just so happened that when I crawled out of the ring, he had actually come, I think, to the center center side of the ring. So he'd come around to pretty much near proximity to where I was, which yeah. just worked out perfectly. Yeah. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it again and did it again. And then I literally was like, well, that's all I got planned. And then I just hit under the ring for like 90% of that match. <laughs> Worst manager of the ropes yeah. ever. Do my stuff and just smoke bomb out of there. But yeah, I remember that show and... Yeah, then like we started sharing the locker room um, for quite a period of time there, and um, yeah, the, then we transitioned back from the bicentennial center. We went back to the training facility, and sweatshop days and weekly yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah, we we transitioned back from the bicentennial center. Where we were doing monthly shows. Mm. We'd gone back to the training facility. It was decided, hey, let's just do them out of here. Some renovations were made to the building to sort of accommodate for the fact that we're doing shows there. And then the decision was made one training session of, hey, we're going to do this every week. Mm. Now, I'm sure you remember because you were in there literally yeah. training people every week. Man, those were like five-day weeks. We do four days a week training. I don't think we had the Friday. I remember Monday to Thursday. Yeah, Monday to Thursday. Friday, Friday we had off. Saturday was show. Yeah. Sunday we got off. Rinse and repeat. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and it sounds like oh, it was horrible, but at the same point you got experience beat out in the crowd. Mm. Even the crowd was no, the crowd wasn't huge. Yeah, the, the building didn't hold not like thirty people max. Yeah, it was uh, pretty limited. Yeah. yeah, it was no basically the ring, two foot of gap, some seats mm. went around the edge of the building. That was it. it was Almost basically in a garage. Yeah. That was sort of thing with a mezzanine floor. Mm -hmm. And yes, we didn't get a lot of, uh, there wasn't a huge crowd of people, but at the same point, we had to turn people away. We did, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I think anything, yeah, over 30, 40, I think max, I think we had in that little building, max mm. was about 50. Yeah. But it said we had pretty much every single week was. The show was packed, the show was packed, the show was packed. Yeah. But there, was, there wasn't a spare seat. And even though I said that, it wasn't you know, 250 plus people. They were still loud. They were loud as hell. Yeah. Plus the fact the building was small, they probably helped. Mm. <laughs> um, but this was around the time where you and I, because this was coming off the back, and this was probably about the, I want to say middle end of 2009, definitely for a while there. Um, oh no, sorry, probably middle end of 2008, yeah. uh, beginning of 2009 that the transition happened from Bicentennial to Ashmore. And we were there from pretty much all the way until pretty much the reunion show. I think yeah. the reunion show we'd gone back to Ashmore. Ashmore Peace. Uh, I think we had a couple there before the show, or I'm not sure if it, we had a couple there beforehand and then that reunion show. We did. Um, I think we did one or two shows there, then we did the reunion show, then we did quite a few more shows yeah. at, the, at the at the Ashmore PCYC, then they 
restructured and rebuilt the building, so we had to find someplace else to go, and that's how we ended up William Duncan. Yeah, so the 2009-2010 era, um, that was around the time when I was kind of feeling really lost in the wilderness, and thank God for friendships like yours, Ash, Matt's, Brandy, and at that point, because, man, Blazing, when, when Blaze and Fury left... And the kind of question was like, what do we do with you next? Yeah. And it wasn't just me thinking that I'm sure like, like I think there was still that committee that Hawk had at that time, mm. which included the likes of yourself, Matt, I think yeah. Jackaroo Cruz and obviously Hawk. Mm. And I remember, um, I think I said to you, I said, what do I do now? And you're like, we're going to work it out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But I remember, and again, this wasn't anything that you guys were doing, but it was that sort of period of time where I was like, man, is this going to be this sort of awkward, like, creative meeting where they go, we don't have anything for you, or you can just manage this guy? Because, but I remember the imitations at that point had stopped. I had developed, I guess, to a certain extent, my own persona, but it definitely wasn't WWE guys anymore. I was still wearing the same gear, but it was like, had my own sort of, I guess, yeah, image following. I had the old women's red and yellow belt as the Flashmatic title. Yeah. But it was it was around this time that a lot of new guys came through. Yeah. Was that when, I think, that was when uh, guys like Reaper and... Yeah, Reaper and Dalton Briscoe yeah. and... Sebastian. Yeah, Se- Sebatters, Renegade, Blackjack. Yeah. Like, this was uh, Lynx Lewis Jr., yeah. Um, this was like a massive influx of people all mm. at one time. And I'm sure there's many names out there and I'm not forgetting them on purpose. I'm sure there's many names out there, but this was like a real transitional time. Given the fact that we had gone from like these 200, 300 seated places to now being crammed to 50, mm. but the numbers of people wanting to join yeah. was almost doubled. Yeah. How was it for you at that point, not only being a performer, but as the trainer, did you feel like man, we've got a lot of people now, or was it just a case of, oh, this is just another day at the office? Um, first of all, there's a shitload of people here. You know, well, who the hell are all these people? Mm. Why are they looking at me? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I said, but then basically do the thing of, okay, we'll, we'll start off, and it sounds real bad, you just start cutting, cutting the weeds out, okay, get, you're doing it okay, but you're not going to make it. By right, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna gonna give you. It sounds real nice. I'm gonna give you the bare bones, but I'm not gonna add any more extra to you. anything you want to bring to it. You try. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you that bit of extra help. Yeah. Um. Then there's other big guys that you went. Okay, I'm gonna help you a bit. Try and help you a bit more because you're showing some enthusiasm. You're showing some promise. Or you. Well, my main thing is you. You fucking listen to what I say. Sure. Yeah. If you, People who give you, the, you, you give them some advice or something and you get the, yep, okay, yeah, no worries, man, and they walk off. Mm. Okay, well, you, you can get fucked. Was there, a, was, there a, was there a system in play where it was a case of, um, like, a review check? Like, did Hawk say to you, hey, how did that go? And yeah. Who's doing what? You get to us, oh, how's he coming along? How's he coming along? Right. But you, you know yourself, Hawk used to sit there and just stare and watch people train. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and sometimes it was a bit off-put. Because he, he, I'm pretty sure he fell asleep with his eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Because he did this. His arm would be sitting back in that chair, arms crossed, mm. staring at the ring. Mm. And at some point, he, he's not blinking. Yeah. I remember he had that little shell flip phone. And for those of you out there, uh, I did... I did. Was it red? No, I, th- I th- I think it was either real silver, but I remember for those of you out there, you would have re- I would have recapped this in my first and second episode of the podcast. If you haven't heard them yet, please go back and listen to them. But I remember him sitting in that big, it was that burgundy chair, but he had this clamshell phone and it wasn't like the phones that we have now. Obviously this was like 2009 phones, but even then I think that phone was maybe 2005 era. Yeah, it was Hulk was a, not like, a pH fat kind of guy, but he was a built dude. Like mm. his thumbs were like hammers. Yeah. Like I've seen him grab a piece of wood and with his thumb just push to nail it and be like, yeah. I don't know why it took so fucking long. And you're like, well, oh, sorry, I don't realize I have thumb hammers. <laughs> yeah. But I remember him having this sort of 
you know, because technology back then was like, smaller the better. Mm. And he had this clamshell phone. And for some reason, it's burnt into my memory of that, like, royalty-free standard ringtone that was like one of the selection that always comes with phones. Nowadays, it's like bells and like whistles and car horns, like, because that's not annoying. But... (laughs) Um, having, um, yeah, it's like, you're like, yeah, great. You're going to answer that or not? Oh no, someone I don't want to talk to. You're like, shut up. But he had this like poppy song and it was like holiday or something like that. I'm going to go on holiday. And I remember every time there was someone that either was ringing about the show, ringing about training, ringing about the reasons why they weren't at training or something to do obviously with the pro wrestling industry. Hawk would lean back in this chair and it was already like, I don't know, like the chair wasn't broken, but it was, it was, it had some history yeah. and it was like, ah, and everyone was like, what the hell is that noise? And he was sitting there rustling with this like two centimeter phone and his hands are about 10 centimeters long. And he's like, <laughs> and then by the time he answered, he's like, hello, oh, fuck the hell for me. And it's like, they didn't hang up, man. It rang for like half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd stare at it for a bit and he'd bang, bang it and flip the phone out and put it in his back in his pocket and then it'd ring again <laughs> yeah or he'd think if I answer it and I close it I'm hanging up on them but it was one of those phones that didn't answer by default you gotta press that yeah, green button yeah so he'd answer it and go I don't wanna talk to them and he'd put it back in his pocket and he's like shut the fuck up and it's just like this and you're like and he's like keep writing don't look at me Um, but yeah I always remember that man but yeah those were that was a massive influx of people so there was a tier system in place where it was like a not for me anyway was there ever a point where um, and obviously you don't have to name names but was there ever a point where you're like this dude has to go during that influx of people or was there just sort of a even though you have it nah I'm not bothering I'm not I'm gonna give you like, it fluid. I, I'll train people yeah. to be what is, in essence, the default wrestler in any game. Right, the fundamentals, yeah. The fundament, you get the fundamentals, bang, yeah. bang, this is what you get. If you, A, pay attention, B, shows, nah, what I've got some respect. Yeah. And if you actually show some enthusiasm in it asks questions about things. Like, I don't... I, um... Now, it's important that you listen, but it's also important that you you ask, what about this? What about that? Mm. You do that, then I'll give you a bit extra. I'll help you a bit more. Yeah. I'll, no, try this, try that. Sure, yeah. If you don't, it's basically, okay, well, you've passed with a C. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't give you any help. I won't. Suggest things. I won't say try this, try that. Mm. I won't give you that little bit extra. Because mm-hmm. um, basically, it says that you're, in, you're being an arrogant fuck, you get nothing. Sure, yeah. If you actually pay attention and, and pay attention in class, I'll give you more. Sure, yeah. To do. But yes, so I, I use that analogy of look, I, I basically train you to be. When you buy the game, when you go to create a wrestler, mm. there's a person, there's a basic move set. Yeah. That's what you get. Mm. If nah, I like you, mm. I'll give you a bit more. Sure. But yeah, that's that's how I've always trained people because nah, you then because you always get people that when they come to training, I want to do this, 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 out of super kick, and like, yeah, it's, it's go just, away. Yeah. <laughs> Just filling in the gaps, just you're, playing no mercy. Yeah, you're going to um, you to learn how to fall first. Oh, I don't know how to fall, mm, really. Yeah, okay. Can you bounce off the ropes for me? Wrong, bounce off the ropes for me. Wrong, bounce from the wrong. Yeah, I remember that. And so, yeah, it sounds really weird. Not, not, uh, it's not picking on anybody, but you always get guys who aren't physically capable to do something things and they always want to be oh, i'm going to be a powerhouse wrestler so you can't pick up 20 kilos how do you think you're going to pick up an 80 kilo guy to do a power bomb sure oh, they'll assist me they can only assist you so much yeah you've got to have the power in you to do it oh but i want to use a power bomb as a finisher no mm. no now for you for a finish is going to be fall down mm-hmm. yeah that's the best you got yeah oh but huh? 
So you can, you, know, like, you, know, you can't even do a push up. How do you want to be a power wrestler? Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, it, people, I know uh, it sounds real fucking nasty to say, people get an idea of what they want to be and they get fixated on it. And unfortunately, a lot of you can't do it. So you have to try and step back mm. to think, well, what can I do? But a lot of them don't take that step back. They just, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And They want to shortcut it, yeah. They want to shortcut it. And they can't. Yeah. Because, as I said, you've, you've, one, you're not physically capable of it. Mm. And two, you don't have the training to do it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're trained up enough and you could know every single move in the world. Unless you've got the strength and power to do it, you ain't going to pull it off. Mm. You know? Look, you do that you can you can do 2,000 holds or you can do 40,000 moves. Or I know every single move in Y2, in, uh, Y2K. Um, in WrestleMania no, 2K14. Yep. That's good, yeah, cool. Um, pick up that 20 kilo bag for me and they struggle. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like, like you when you started, you didn't come in saying, I want to do this and this and this and this. Yeah, you, no. You, you, it's, it, no, it's, it's nasty. You, you knew, I'm not big in stature, I'm not big in strength. What can I work on that will make me get there? And that's what you did. Yeah, it was like, I knew I was small, but what can I do to comp- like to complement my size? Yeah, it's, it's, what can I do to make myself big? Yeah, exactly. Not, I want to be. I'm, I I think I'm big. What can I do? Yeah, and the yeah. character the character thing was a, the big thing that I worked on because I remember Jericho saying in one of his interviews, "I'll never be the biggest guy in the room," and I'm okay with that. He goes, "But that doesn't mean I arguably can't be the biggest personality in the room." And yeah. I took that as a character thing, where it was like, even if I come to that ring and I wave, and people are like, "Yes, yes," and I get my ass kicked, that's fine. Yeah. The fact is that. They either resonate emotionally or they're a fan of that character, mm. and I'm okay with that. Either love me or hate me. If I get a reaction as a character, straight up, I'm cool with that. Mm. Um, and a lot of times, I got my ass kicked, but that was fine. It's not a. It was never a case of a win loss record for me. No, I never gave a shit about it. Either. Yeah. Like, it sounds a bit like what I said earlier. I didn't win for so many matches. I didn't care. I was out there having fun. But you're also trying to prove that you could do this Ash character. I, 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 yeah. I, 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 this, I can pull this character off. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, as I said, I, like, I never cared about having a title. I never cared about when I win or lose. Because ideally it's not really important. If you need a title to, to get over, you're not a good wrestler. If you need wins to get over, you're not a good wrestler. Yep. Some of the best wrestlers around have never had the big gold. Sure, yeah. Right? So, where do you draw the line on that one? It's, uh, it's not, I quite honestly say, it's not what you do, it's how you do. Sure, yeah. It's how you work the crowd and work your opponent to tease what you're going to do later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. For you at this point though, like coming off the stint of having that successful run of the transitional period between the, the clown to, to ash to having the to having the big big carnival of darkness yeah stringing it down to nothing a lot of the guys left either for pwaq or personal reasons score and stayed on board you yep. guys formed the lords of darkness then yep. would you say at this point in your career although you're still active was this a big transitional phase for you into being almost like majority of your time being a trainer Around this time, because of the influx of people, I spent most of my tra- yeah, I spent most of my time training the guys and working with the guys and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and it sounds weird. It's because I was doing that so much. I didn't get to work on myself too much. Yeah, no, that makes sense though. I uh, I'd be working. I'd go to training session. I'd be working, you know, two three hours with the rookies, and mm. then for the next couple of hours when we're supposed to be working on ourselves, I'd still be working with the rookies or yeah. of that. So I didn't get to train myself to do much. Yeah. But at the same point, I also figured I don't have to do much. Yeah. Because I think it was during that time, was me and Scorn were put together as a tag team and that's pretty much all we did. We just tag team, tag team, tag team, tag team. Yeah. Um, and I didn't mind, didn't care. Got yeah. To, I got to, got to go out in, in, into the ring with my mate 
big bash heads in the leave. Yeah. Um, it was also just that we like he put the tag gold on us and we'd have the gold and we'd have it and have it and have it and have it and, have it and, have it and like pick can we Oh, can we drop the titles? No. Mm, yeah. Match, match. Can we drop the titles this week? No. Mm, another yeah. match. How about this one? No. We don't want to have the titles anymore. <laughs> Why not? This is too much work. Right. No, it's not too much work. It's the thing is because if you, you've got the gold, you have, you know, you've got to keep this standard going, Just fine. Mm. If you've ever got gold, title, belt, whatever you want to call it, mm. you always have to have a bang-on premium match. You can't have a crappy match because people didn't go do the idea of why they got the gold. Sure, yeah. Plus the fact of we, we'd have it and we'd have a couple of matches. Yeah, cool. And we'd have a, like a, a, a feud against Renegade and Blackjack. Mm-hmm. And... We put, how about we drop the title? When end of the feud, us dropping the title. No. Why not? He said, because, and he picked yourself, realistically, they can't beat you. I said, I'm putting, Blackjack's a big, big, strong son of a bitch. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but you, you two just dominate the crap out of everybody. How are they going to beat you? Mm. Fine. Fine, I think, I don't know who we dropped them to, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, no, we, we dropped them finally. Yeah, cool. And it wasn't to be a thing of we want to drop to do and do single matches. We didn't, uh, me and Squad didn't care. Um, happy to go out there and just have fun. And we one time we I think it was we we're going to get you guys to drop the titles, but we want you to after we, the loss, you two have a bit of an argument. Okay, no worries. Mm-hmm. So I think it was I, I got I think I might, I might have got pinned or yeah pretty, I got pinned. Yep. I can't remember who did it. Doesn't matter. And one, two, three, bing, ding, oh, we've lost. And I've basically, I've got up. And Gorman's just yelling in my face. And I sort of looked at him and I said, and went, up yours. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gave him the finger. Yeah. And he just straight out kicked me in the chest and not banged to the ground. And that was, I think the next show we had a few match against each other. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the Lords of Darkness became RIP in Scotland for a bit. Yeah. And I took us to the backstage, backseat bit for a bit. I think that was, I think I'd actually hurt myself at work or something, or twisted something and I couldn't do something. Right, so okay. That's what worked out conveniently. That this is how it occurred. Then I can take a month or so off mm. to heal up a bit and come back. And this was still about two. And that was the, the, the match. Men's scorn. We had to play a chair match. Mm-hmm. Chairs match. Yep. To end his feud, and I remember the finish was—I think it was going to be the noisy cricket, or whatever we call it. Yeah. Onto six chairs in the ring, or set up. I was supposed to land, bang, in the middle of all these chairs and mm. get pinned. Mm. And he's flipped me out, throw me out, and I've looked down, and where I was going to land was not in the middle. It would have been on the backs of the chairs, so it would have really, really hurt. Yep. I managed to get one leg down in one of the seats of the chairs. So I've landed on that and so sort of stood back and landed on my feet. And I look up at him and I give him the finger again. Yep. Up yours, you failed. And he speared me over these chairs <laughs> in me. And I don't actually remember him, like, us hitting. I remember getting hit. Yep. And that's it. And the next thing I know, I was outside the ring. <laughs> oh, cool. So that's, he's hitting that's me that fun. hard. He's rattled my brain. Nice. Bang, and then I'm outside the ring. I'm thinking... What the hell happened? Why am I out here? Yeah. <laughs> and then I said, no, what the hell? And then basically he's grabbed me and he's thrown me back in the ring and I go for the pin after that. Yep, yep. But yeah, so the thing I remember that, looking down going, these, the back of the chair, this is going to hit me in the balls. <laughs> right. This is really going to hurt. Quick now, bang, bang, land. Ha ha, it didn't work. Up yours. And he said, it was three chairs in a row, like six chairs all up. Yep. Two rows of three. Mm. No, the seat parts all together and he's speared me over those into the ropes and then threw the ropes out and ground so I don't remember actually hitting the ground right that was Ali but it was shortly after that that after that feud happened you guys the Lords of Darkness split the 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 last remaining couple we we didn't the Lords of Darkness didn't split I left that group and 
uh, R.I.P. became. Yeah. Okay. So you left. You left the group. Um, what was life like for you at that point? Were you able to sort of go back and and do the family life at that point? Have that month off to heal? I think it ended up being more than one month. I think it was. A, a, I think that might have been. I was just getting burnt out a bit. Creatively or just physically? Just physically. Like, yep. I, was that, I don't remember, I'm pretty sure that was around the time I blew up training and had a yell fit at everybody. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, sure, I, th- I don't, don't... Thankfully, I wasn't collateral in that. <laughs> I don't think I was there that day. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, that's just, and same, I had, like, I was, it was a simple drill that I was trying to get people, and everybody was stuffing up over and over and over and mm, over again. Mm. And I did my head in, and I think I finally just blew up, and I just had a major yelling fit. And I was just explosive words everywhere. Right. And I've done that, and then Pete's just appeared and said, Ash, can I talk to you for a sec? Right. And he goes, are you okay? And I said, no. Mm. And I think, yeah, I took the uh, heart. I was hurt. I was, no, things, my body was hurting, and other things were going on. Right. And... He said, "Did you uh, basically do you need a bit of time?" And I said, "Yeah, I need a bit of time." So I think I took and it take like two, three months off. I still came and trained people, but I didn't do anything with the shows. Yeah, I remember you still being in training, but it wasn't the you that I'd met training. It was sort of the you were there, but it wasn't like all the lights are on. No, as I said, um, I, I took time off, and then I, when I finally did, I came back. I think it's when I had I had a quick feud against a weird one when I came back. Yeah. But yeah, that I'm sure, I think that was when during that time is when I was actually I'd ended up in in real real people world. I'd been dunted on work because I was doing carpentry at the time. Yep. I was out of pocket from work about thirty grand. I just lost my house. Um, pretty much just lost my car. I pretty much had nothing at all. Mm. Um, I said, no. The house wasn't wonderful. It wasn't a dark, oh, multi-story, no, 27-bedroom mansion. It was, a, sounds weird. It was a crappy little three-bedroom townhouse. Yep. But, uh, losing things like that, being actually because of work being out of, uh, making me out of pocket and stuff like that, I end up having to go bankrupt and legally go bankrupt and, and all sorts of shit. And wow. And, uh, yeah. And it, so it wasn't anything to do with wrestling at all. It was all due to work, but and that started bleeding into wrestling. And I just got to a point where I just couldn't take shit anymore. And I was going to... sounds real nasty. I'm pretty sure I was going to end up hurting someone purposely in the ring to take it out of aggression. Yeah. So I stopped. Yeah. And did all the... The personal side of everything I had to fix up before I decided to come back again. For sure, yeah. Which, uh, I, but I let Pete know what was going on. He basically, his, when I, I let Pete know what was going on with me and then a couple of sessions later I had the big blowout and I had a screaming session at everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's, no, Pete, do you, do you need to take some time? Yeah. So I didn't. Yeah, I do. He was he was really good like that for the hard exterior man that he was. Like if something was wrong, he would be like, "Hey," he'd pull you up like anyone about it. Well, it was the when I got hurt mm. and I pretty much destroyed my knee. Pete used to ring me every single week. Right, because because this is this is the time now where you've established yourself as a trainer. We've transitioned over to William Duncan. We're starting to do the shows there. I left. Yeah. I did the feud with BJ Blade. We'd, we'd been there from about, I think, early to mid-2012. We joined up at, um, coming off the Ashmore PCYC. We'd gone to William Duncan. We started doing some shows there. I started doing a lot of uh, production materials for the company that time, given that the venue could accommodate that. Yeah. And no one asked me to do that. I volunteered to do that. Mm. But 2013, um, I started having, like, few disagreements and a few personal issues of my own going on at that time that led me to have sort of arguments back and forth with Hawk and eventually I thought, man, I gotta ace out of here. I don't want to, but I've gotta hit the road. But I remember still remaining in contact with you and a lot of the old guys. Um, 
down there that the, a lot of the originators and I had heard on the wire that you had done an injury and I think I rang you, I think maybe a couple of days after because I think the initial time you may have been getting it scanned or getting it looked at, yeah. but I remember ringing shortly after. So take me back to that moment. So we're at William Duncan. I've left. You what happened? I was in a title match. Okay. To win the title mm. against Kiwi Thriller. Mm. There was me. There was um, a girl by the name of Bella who was appearing under the name of Cinder Ash. Right. Not Cinder. the not the other Bella with Brandy. This is a no, different Bella. The, yeah. Her real name is Bella. But this was her her. Her wrestling name was Cinder. She didn't wrestle. She just came out as a manager sort of thing, valet right. first part. And she, I was Ash. She was Cinder. Yep. And the idea was she was my evil little sister. Sure. I was a scary big brother. Yep. And she, I, no, I like Bella. She's she's fun. She's always been fun. Um, she uh, helped me out. She'd been there a couple of matches earlier and, and done bits and pieces and stuff like that. She, she knew how to bump, she knew how to do some basic holds, she knew how to kick you in the balls, <laughs> which is what you wanted in a female valet. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was having a match against Kiwi and we're coming up towards the end of the match and you know, the idea for the finish was I go up to try and look like I'm going to snake eyes Kiwi. Mm -hmm. He wiggles free, pushes me in, I cop the turnbuckle to the face, turn around, big boot, down I go, one, two, three. Right. I pick him up, he wiggles around. As he's wiggling, as I pick him up, I'm thinking, my boot feels loose. Right. And I'd snapped a lace. Right. And really, my boot was loose. My foot was swimming around in my shoe. As I've gone for, hook him up for the body slam, my foot's moved around in my boot. I've sort of lost standing strong. Yep. And my knee buckled out underneath me. So, I don't know, Kiwi weighs what? 80, 85 kilos plus. Yeah. Sitting up on my shoulder and I'm trying to do it on one peg as my other leg gives out. So what happened? My, my leg went at 45 degrees sideways. I've seen the footage. It doesn't look pretty and I'm never watching it again. Right. It made a noise like I'd actually broken the bone. <clears throat> um, I snapped my ACL. I had a grade three tear in my PCL. All the cartilage was on one, ended up on one side of my knee. Yeah. And I tore all the ligaments on the inside of my knee as well. Jesus. And I basically just collapsed. Bang. It bent. I fell down. Boom. Yep. Um, Kiwi didn't know this. So he's stomped on me a couple of times, then grabbed the leg that was actually hurt oh. and rolled up back onto me. And he's whispered in me, are you okay? And I went, and the only thing I remember saying was, was like under my breath going, my fucking leg. <laughs> Right. So he's got, as he's pin, doing that thing and pinning me, the ref's gone one, two, but as I've said in my fucking leg, he let go. Right. And I'm like, um, I can't stand up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I used the ropes and I pulled myself up. Okay. So I'm on one leg holding on to the ropes. And Kiwi was staring at me and I basically come and get me. And he came in and he went for a lockup. It was so weak. So I punched him in the guts. Right. <laughs> and he's uh, he's taken back and I said, can't now basically can't be strong. Mm. You gotta make So he came in again and still was a bit weak, so I forearmed him. Mm. And I basically no, come and get me your pussy. So he just kicked me in the guts. <laughs> and it was a fair kick in the guts. It wasn't a setup kick, it was a kick in the guts. Yeah. I bent over and then he's given me a quick like schoolboy roll up and boom boom. One, two, three, bang. The moment I got the, he got the three, he let me go. Yep. You know, he took care of me for the roll-up. He looked after me the way you look after your opponent if they're hurt. Yep. And I remember laying in the mat, looking up, and Kiwi's there, and the ref's holding Kiwi's arm up, and Kiwi's pointing at me, mm. and I could see what he's saying. He's basically, the ref's, he's turning, he's turning the ref going, Ash is hurt, check on him. Mm. Ash is hurt, check on him. Mm. And the ref's just standing there with a big smile on his face, holding up Kiwi's arm, pointing around, yeah, winner, yeah, winner. Cinder comes flying in and says, are you okay? Mm. I said, I can't stand up. Right. I need help. Yeah. Go and get help. Go and get scorned. Go and get someone. I can't get up. Yep. So she ran off backstage and I think scorn was going to come out and then I think Pete goes, you can't, your next match. 
Mm. And he said he sent the other two refs we had at that point. Okay. Which was Jeff and Daryl, I think. Okay, yeah. Came out and they said, are you okay? I said, I need help. I can't get up. I can't stand. Oh. I said, something's wrong with my knee. Mm. So they basically picked me up and carried me backstage. And I got backstage and they uh, got my boot off, which was already my my left leg, which was already under the snap. Well, at least the laces were snapped, so it was basically just the boot fell off. Got my pants off, took my knee, pad down, and my knee immediately swelled up that side of baseball, uh, basketball, sorry. Far this is not. This is not good. Yep. So I strapped the shit out of it. I got a cold, a cold packs on both sides, strapped it up, hooked it on, and I basically just laid on the floor for the rest of the show. Mm. And then they packed up the ring, I still laid on the floor, and I went, fine, I'm going to have to go home. So I got in the car, drove home, and I drank a shitload of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> How very punisher of you. Yeah, yeah. And I drank, I, I drank a lot of bourbon. Because yeah. um, at that point, um, I think that night, I was actually going home to nothing. Uh, my kids were at my parents, and at that point, my wife was away. Right. I've gone home with no one. Right. I'm in a shitload of pain. I can't walk properly. I, I basically, I think I used, I used a kendo stick as a walking stick to get into the house. And I went in, went into the garage where Manland is. Yeah. was in. And just, I think I drank just shots of bourbon, shots of bourbon until I passed out. Right. And I woke up the next morning going, oh man, my, and, took all the compression band and stuff I had on my knee and my knee had shrunk down I thought okay it's really sore maybe it's okay I went to stand up and I just fell back over I'm like this is really bad yeah that's bad I've I know I've had knee braces and stuff like that so I just put one of them on and cranked it up as tight as I could and I can't I've heard it I'll get it checked out as soon as I can so I ended up going to the doctor on Monday, yep. and he's directed me straight, go, you need to get MRI. I said, okay, cool, I'll book one in. Book one in. No, no, you go in today. So I've gone and got an MRI, and so I'm sitting in, right, but I give the whole MRI, stand still, don't do this, the machine's going to make some noise in it. Okay, cool, whatever. Okay, I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being quiet. Yeah. I fell asleep in a machine, and then I got woken up. Told I was going to stand over here, so I hobbled over and sat in a chair and I waited. And they said, your results will be ready in about 10, 15. So I waited. Mm. And then the results are coming out. The nurse has come over to me and said, I've got your results. I said, oh, cool. And she flicked through some pieces of paper and went, I'm going to get a doctor. And she's walked off. And I've gone, well, that doesn't sound very promising. Yeah, that's not normal, yeah. So then the doctor's come back and he's looking through. And he goes, hello, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm good. And I said, a bit sore. And he goes, yes. He goes, regarding your knee. And I said, yes. He goes, yeah. You know those injuries that in rugby players' careers? And I said, yeah. And he goes, welcome to the club. Wow. And I said, I don't play rugby. And he goes, well, I bet you wish you did. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> So, yeah, I got told, I got given the description of all the damage I'd done to my knee. I'm like, well, what do I do now? And he said, I'm going to give you a referral to a surgeon for this and that. Yeah. So I end up at the Gold Coast. I think it was Griffith, just started, uh, Griffith Uni had just opened at that point. Yeah, okay. So I there, the medical school part of it. Yeah. I went there and basically, you know, a few tests, a few poking prodding and rather unsettling stability tests they do. Mm-hmm. Which really makes you feel like your leg's gonna fall off. Yep. And yeah, oh yeah, you snapped your ACL. Okay, cool. <laughs> wow. What do we do to fix it? And they said, well, we've got, I think, got a cadaver graft, your patella, or your hamstring. And I said, well, the I can't. I found I couldn't do the um, cadaver graft mm. because of. Um, existing things I've got yep. that actually would flare up to such a degree my body would reject what they do. Right. So they basically said, well, your only choice is your own body parts. That way you don't need any rejection stuff. I said, okay, cool. And a few tests and they figured out my hamstring's the best bet. You can tell them no. So yeah, they took my hamstring, or part of my hamstring, to give me a new ACL, which 
is basically drill a couple of holes, tie them up in each end, and pull a tight like an elastic band, and there you go. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it's drill a hole on the top of your top part of your leg, drill a hole on the bottom part of your head. It's not like this, but it's basically tie a knot in one end, feed it through, pull it tight, tie another knot, and there's your ACL. Ta-da! Wow. That's, that's simplifying it to the max, but that's what it is. Yep. Um, so that went for the hamstring. The only problem was that in that operation, they hit a couple of spots, drilling holes and things like that, which, no, uh, oh, that was free. So. Um, yeah. They hit a couple of nerve clusters, which are now damaged. So no matter what I do, my leg's not going to come back to what it was. Right. And certain parts of my leg suffer from muscle wastage. Yeah. I've got dead zones. Nothing works. I got told originally, if it, it should only take three to five years for it to heal itself up, the nerves. Yeah. If it doesn't come good in five years, it'll never come good at all. So Great. The, the dead zones have shrunk a bit, but they're still there. Uh, there's one just below my, my knee on the outside. Mm. On that, just below my knee, I think there. Just below my knee, left-hand side, on my sort of where calf is, there's dead, and also, unfortunately, what my quad is, at the beginning of that part of the top of my knee, is also mm. a dead zone, so my quad won't come back the way it's supposed to. Right, so, so this... I did all that, and yeah. took time off. I came back, and I trained, just did, I'm going to have to focus on training. Yep. And uh, that was when... That was, I think now, that was 2013 I did my knee. Right, okay. So it was that year. Yep. Yeah, 2013. And I didn't come, I didn't get it fixed until 2000, June. Actually, I got my knee fixed on my 40th birthday. That was my birthday present. I oh. Got to, I got to spend it in hospital high on morphine. Hey. Not so, not so <laughs> How bad. How good is that for my 40th? Not so bad. No, not so bad. So how long, were, how long were you out for when you had that injury? Um, I, I could have come back earlier, but I didn't have faith in my leg sure. for a while. And yep. I think it was, though I came back and I just, I did train people. I didn't take part in the show for a long time. Right. I think it was 2015, 2015 or late 2000, no, it was 2015 I came back. Wow, so you almost, you almost had two years away. I almost took two years away. And I came back at the end of a, a rumble. Right. And and destroyed someone and then left. How were you feeling heading into that rumble? Were you nervous? I was shit scared that my knee was going to fall apart. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. It, it didn't, so it was all right. And, I was, and it, it worked the way it was supposed to. And then, I, and then I took part in a couple of matches and then I took a match off and a show off and then I'd do a couple of matches and take a show off. And I did that for a while, and then I did a show for AWA Grindhouse. Right. Against Jamie Luxford. Uh, my match in then, he, he rang me on the day of the show saying, his opponent pulled out, do you want to come and do a show? Right. And I said, yeah, man, I'll come, I'll give you a hand, I'll do that. Yep. So I've done that, and it was during that match that I had, he went for a simple move, which is drop toe hold. Okay. My left leg. Yep. My leg went bang straight and locked and wouldn't move. And I've had to not not take the drop toe hold like normal. I end up having to stagger and move and basically crunch my knee back and to make it work. And it's not his fault at all, but it put the wind up me really bad because I couldn't couldn't stand properly. And I basically staggered around the ring like Frankenstein for four or five steps before I nearly fell out of the ring. Wow. Trying to get my knee to bend properly. Yep. I did that. And then I spoke to Josh and said, I'm going to have to stop. And he's why? And explain what happened. And he's going, okay. And that's when I, I ended up having the time match against Obi in, it was 2017. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or was it late 2016? I had their time match because I, I didn't trust my leg enough that if it failed during a match from working with someone, yep. I was more worried that if I'm doing something to someone, 
and it it fails on me. I'm not going to hurt who I'm working with. Sure. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to have that, so I went, I'm going to have to stop. And I was really sort of thinking, well, that's it. Really? I'm going to have to, this is, I'm not going to be able to wrestle anymore. I can still train people, but I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. Mm. So I did that. And I think it was, I spent the next year and a bit plus on the shelf. Right. Okay. And then I got a, I, I got a phone call from uh, Josh Briggs down in Newport Macquarie. Yeah. Saying, do you know anybody who can do a show? And I said, why? He goes, because we've got a show on Saturday. This was, he rang me on a Thursday night. We've got a show on Saturday and half the car pulled out to go and do Supernova. Wow. Okay. And I'm like, okay. I said, do you know anybody? He said, well, no, he said, I need like one or two guys and I can, we can do the show. Mm. I said, okay, no worries. So I am denied and I went, I'm going to see if I can still do this. And this was also the, the year Peter passed away. So this was 2019? 2019, yeah. Yeah. Beginning of 2019. Um, and I thought, because I, I wanted to do the Honor the Hawks show that year. Mm. And I ended up doing it. Yeah. As you know. Yeah. The, and I did that. So I thought, I'm going to see if I can still do this. So I said to Josh Briggs, I don't know who I can get, but I can say I can get a 40-plus-year-old grumpy old bastard down there Mm. And he went, oh, who's that? It was me, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and he went, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, if you come down, please, that'd be sweet. So I went down yeah. and I did the show for them. Yeah. And yeah, I could still do this shit. This is all right. Yeah. So I did that. Mm. and But I still hadn't gone back and done a single show for IPW. I did the Briggses, the, the NCPW, mm. and then I did NCPW again. And then I did, uh, I think I did the um, Homecoming show for AWA. Right. Was there, was there any reason that you were steering clear of IPW? No, no, no reason. I basically told Josh that um, I was still training people there. Yeah. I said, look, I'm just seeing if I can still do this shit before I take it home. And I told him because I want to be in the Honor the Hawk tournament. Because at that point, the tournament was basically, uh, you win this match, you go on the next round. Win this match, you go on the next round. I wanted to be in that. Mm. I said, I don't even tell him. We all know that. The maxes are pre, the winning, the winners pre op. Pre determined. That's the word I'm looking for. Yep, yep. You know, I said, I don't, I don't care if I win or not, I just want to be involved in it. Sure. And he said, You want to be in it, you're in it. I okay. Said, Sweet. So I basically did this to make sure I could still move, I could still do what I needed to do in the ring. Mm. And I said, I did AWA Homecoming show, I did um, the PWL show, did the Briggses, and then it came time for. The Honor the Hawk show. Yeah. And he decided he was going to turn it instead of the Honor Hawk tournament, he's going to make it a big battle royal. He said, I want as many of the old school guys and, and guys who've been through the doors. Yeah. And that's when we brought you me back. back. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I want Flash. Because mm. he, Josh, who do you want to match? He said, oh, Can we get all this guy back? I said, I want Flash in. And he went, uh, and I said, No, 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 uh, Flash. And he's going, uh, Flash. Uh, flash. He's going, yeah, fine, Flash. Yeah, because there was six years at that point. I know. It was six years away. Six years of not having me there and six years of me and Maddie going, big flashback. Yeah. Big flashback. I remember because you, you, I would talk to you guys almost monthly about that. You're a pretty reserved guy emotionally with a lot of things. And that's not a negative. That's just who you are. Yeah. But I wasn't there. I wasn't at home in IPW when that news came down the pipeline. I was at the memorial and I came to the show and I came to the reunion show in 2019 mm. thanks to the likes of yourself and all and Maddie and all the old school guys. And of course, Josh saying, okay, yeah. Take me back to that moment where word came down the wire that, hey, Hawks passed away. Um, it had been, was the show on the show day and he'd actually passed away that night like night beforehand. The Friday night? Friday night. Yeah. Um, I turned up to the show and I walked in the door and Taryn was at the, the front counter thing where they're setting up the ring and stuff and I said, hey, how's it going, blah, blah. She just turned and she goes, you need to talk to Josh. And I said, what? 
Just, just you get it's your point because you get he's in there. Go and talk to Josh. Wow. Okay. I thought, and I thought, I thought have I done something wrong? I said, I don't yeah. Anything wrong? What the hell? Yeah. So I walked in there and Josh was sitting on a crate and he looked like shit. Wow. Uh, he really looked devoted. And I said, "What the hell's going on?" He just looked up at me and he just goes, "Pete's gone." Wow. And I said, "What do you mean gone?" He goes, and he told me what had happened. No. Hmm. And he goes, yeah. I said, no. And the old thing of, he must, no, death must have come for him while he was asleep. Hmm. Because if Hawk had been awake, there would have been a fight and he would have won. Yep. Um, and we would have heard about it. He, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would have kind of thrown on about it. Um, and the thing is, I Hawk had rung me by mistake about two days beforehand. Wow. And it wasn't just, it wasn't like, oh, the phone's ringing. It was a video call. And I'm like, I'm being, and I went, who? I went, what the hell is Pete, like a video face, like FaceTiming me hmm. for? And I'm being, and I went, hello. And he was in hospital, beeps and stuff like that. And it was that. And so I saw him and I went, hey, Pete. And he looked at me and went, oh, shit. And the phone went down. And I went, what and, he did, and then the phone moved, so it was up near his ears. You could tell, you could, so I could see his jaw. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, how's it going? Good." I said, "How are you?" And I said, and he, and he replies, "I'm all right." I said, "You sure?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I said, "You're in hospital, aren't you?" "No." <laughs> so you're lying, aren't you? Maybe. <laughs> I said, "You're looking after yourself." "Yeah." And I said, "Good." And I said, "When am I going to see your ugly face again?" "Soon." And in, uh, back and forth, basically it was just that, back and forth, and I didn't think anything of it. I thought, nah, and I said, <laughs> my wife was, you made me by mistake, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, mate. I said, I'll, I'll see you, I'm going to see you next show. Yep, I'm going to be there. And he wasn't. Right. And it, and I said, when I was off hurt, I'd hear from him every week. Right. He rang every week, yeah. And even when I came back and, I just I'd speak to him a fair bit. And when, even when he handed the reins over to Josh, I still talked to him every now and then. And then, the, and I said, I thought, he still is a big, I said, he's a big, he was a big, grumpy, foul-tempered bastard. But at the same point, if you had a problem, you'd go and talk to him. Sure. He'd give you a hug. He'd tell you everything's going to be all right. Yeah. And he's a sort of, and he was a sort of guy that if, I got, you know, you've got no money. And he'd reach in his own pocket and go, here's 20. Yeah. He'd, he'd give you the shirt off his back, but at the same point, if he'd pull you up if you were wrong. Sure, yeah. Now, the old thing of, no. If you had a match and there was only one or two, one or two things sucked in the match, your match sucked. Not the rest of the match is good. That sucked. Match is terrible. He would never blow smoke. If He wouldn't say, oh, this was good, this was good, because you need to work on this. No, the match sucked because you did that. Mm-hmm. And that he never blew smoke in people's asses. He always basically, if one thing, if your match had one point that sucked, then the whole match sucked. Yeah. And I said, I think I, when I, I wrote the thing about him about this and that, and uh, he was, no, uh, he was a father figure, a mentor, a teacher, a counselor, and, and a friend, and a grumpy old bastard. Mm. But you wouldn't want him any other way. Exactly. What was that vibe like? Because obviously, that, were you one of the first people to turn up to that show and hear the news, or were you sort of like I don't know maybe if I was like one of the first people? But was there other people there? There was other guys there, and like when I said there was other guys setting up the ring, because I got there on one o'clock or something. Right, they'd been there since twelve, and it wasn't a lot of stuff. Like the ring was getting put up, but it wasn't like it normally is. And I said, no, like, I've no holy shit sort of thing. And I got told Pete's gone. Mm. And I went, I both went out the back and just went, what the fuck? No. The way, you know, Pete, yeah. this prick's never going to die. No, man, no. like I thought, no, I thought I'd die before him, yeah. honestly. No, no, I, I, no, I say, I'll use it, that prick's never going to die. No, I, I love Pete. Sure. Uh, he he gave, gave me a shot at being what I am now. Mm. Um, he had enough faith in me to keep trying the character I wanted to. Yep. As, as I said, when I was off injured, he'd ring me every week yep. and tell me you know, how things are going, ask me how I'm going, what's happening, blah, blah, blah. And, it, and he'd always feel the same thing, we're missing you down here. Yeah. It was, 
So when uh that show when a a, a couple yes. of cu- yeah. couple of show like when a couple of the guys that you know you either knew beforehand or started with started turning up, did they get the same thing? They spoke to no, Josh and they got told when they walked in the door. So they got told in the door and then John speak to Tara. Oh, Tara spoke to Josh. So who was it at, at at that show? Do you remember that was some of the people that you started with? So Matt was there. Was yeah. Matt there? Like Sweet yeah, House was there. Sure Matt was there. And um, uh, Scorn was there. Scorn was there. What was the consensus like with you guys? Yeah, we were, I mean, we knew Pete was sick, but we didn't know how bad. Yeah. And yeah, it was something of because he'd, he'd been to, he'd appeared a couple of times at the shows just to stick his nose in and see how things were going, and he mm. sometimes he looked good, sometimes he didn't, and sometimes he looked a bit. I hate to use the word frail, but other times he looked like he was just as hard as ever and could uh, jump in the ring and go go for his life. Yeah. So it's it hard to judge how things were with him. And then, as I said, we, I think he'd been at a show like two or three months earlier and he looked okay. Mm. Like he, and he looked, he, he looked like he'd lost a bit of weight, but that was about it. Mm. And then, yeah, to get told that oh, he's gone now. And as I said, that the, the vibe of the show, it, it, it really... Killed any enthusiasm for the show because you just want to. I just want it today to be over things. Yeah, I exactly. Go, I want to go home. No. Take a shot for the man. Yeah. All right, you guys, that'll do it for part two with IPW Legend Ash. But don't fret. Don't worry. There will be a part three. It'll hit in the airwaves next week. Hey, if you haven't done so already, please hit up the socials at LMBC Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at LMBC underscore podcast on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening in, and I'll see you next week.